Welcome to the Chamber's Elevated Conversations podcast. And now, your host, Dave Ekman. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Elevated Conversations. I'm your host, Dave Ekman. Uh, Today, we're talking with uh, Chris Gilmore, the superintendent of schools at D.C. Everest School District. Just to go back, give a little background. Uh, 2014, uh, Chris Gilmore was president of the Wisconsin Association of School Board Administrators. And if you didn't know it, um, 2018, uh, Chris was named Outstanding Educator of the Year, uh, Educator Award of the Year in Wisconsin. And most recently, 2020, uh, Chris was a recipient of the Athena Award uh, that the Chamber presents yearly to exceptional uh, lifelong leadership, uh, women leadership in the, in the greater Wausau community. Welcome, Chris. Thanks. Glad to be here. So, you know, Chris, um, you ha- I've known you. First time I met you was back in, actually, it was when I was with the Workforce Development Board and uh, before I came to the chamber here. And even back then, um, your presence of leadership was known throughout this community. But where it is today is, is uh, it's leaps and bounds from where it was. Um, what I, you know, what do you, what do you, was your takeaway when you um, received that 2020 Athena Leadership Award? Um, so awards are wonderful, but they're really not about one person. I really believe the Athena Award is about this community. For me, um, it's really always been about opportunities. And so um, I was a person that grew up here. I think I'll talk a little bit about that in uh, later. But, you know, growing up here, people inspired hope and optimism and um helped me dream bigger dreams. And so I've always felt like it was my responsibility when I came back to do that for others. And so I've just been really lucky to have so many great opportunities to lead in DC Everest. And um, I think this award that really showcases so many people who have supported others along the way. And so I, you know, I, I feel very humbled to receive it, but it's really about so many others. Yeah, you know, and you do have a, a great team that you've built around you at DC Everest, um, and, and the teachers and the administration. The uh, the other aspect that I wanted to talk to you about. So you grew up here, right? You grew up in the Greater Wausau area. I went to Weston Elementary School and graduated from DC Everest. And where did you go to uh, undergrad? I went to undergrad at UW La Crosse. Okay, and then you then you got back into teaching, right? Yeah, so we moved here when I was in fourth grade from West Bend, Wisconsin, um, and my dad had a job opportunity here. It was unknown, except for my mom was from Wittenberg, but my dad was from the Milwaukee area, and um, I knew I always wanted to be a teacher. Uh, I had great teachers and coaches who really inspired me to become a teacher, and then I was a teacher my first year. Um, actually, I was I lived in Shawano, and I was on the uh, supported the Menominee Indian Reservation. And then I went down to what's called the Cooperative um, CESA down in southwestern Wisconsin. I got married, my husband was in that area. And so I lived in Mount Horeb, but was a teacher and coach there. And um, really had thought about going back to school to get a master's degree. And my, when you talk about mentors at the time, my director boss, he said, what in the hell is your problem? You need to become a principal. 
And that's always stuck with me because it's always those people who give us the the push, the kick. Um, and I think it's really important that we do that for others when we see leadership. And that was the beginning of my journey. And my husband had graduated from grad school at the same time. And he's like, hey, there's a job in your your old school district. And I was like, hmm. um, and before you know it, I've been here. I was a principal at the junior high athletic director, principal at Evergreen, opened the middle school, and now I've been superintendent for 18 years, which the time has just flown by. So all my kids graduated from DC Everest from beginning to end, and it's just been an incredible journey. 18 years. That hit the time has flown by um, yes. tremendously. You know, that's that's a really uh, neat story. I heard a takeaway there for people who might be listening. When leaders nudge you to challenge yourself, be prepared to recognize and accept those, right? Absolutely. I think those those nudges and those informal mentors, um, actually, that was my, my dissertation was on liter- uh, leadership. And more than any program you can be in, it's informal mentors who help inspire others to lead in whatever capacity, whatever business, whatever part of life. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So let's let's turn our attention a little bit to your your role in education. Um, you've you've gone the gamut, and now you've been there eighteen years. Uh, as you look at the K twelve uh, education, especially DC Everest. Uh, in our community, how do you see its um, its position in the success of our community, in, even today, but then moving forward? Um, what's your perspective in leadership with respect to K twelve education? Absolutely. So, like I said, I started as a principal, and so I've actually been in the district for twenty four years. And if I think about how that's evolved, you know, people always um, have been incredibly supportive of our schools but sometimes they lived a little bit in a silo. I really truly believe, and I think the work we do here is about not only providing kids with opportunity, but improvement of our community and our our community as a whole. Um, I always think a place is only as great as you make it. And so it's why I've always been involved. I've been on the um, Department of Workforce Development Board. I've been on the NTC board, I think for 11 years. I was president at St. Clair's Hospital uh, Board for a while. Um, But because schools are generators to the future for what happens with economic development. Um, So often people forget that our schools are the pipeline um, for what's future talent. I would argue that we have the best talent around Um, Sometimes it's just how do we retain that talent or if kids go someplace else, how do we get them to come back? Um, Because, you know, I get to talk to districts across the United States. We're always in that 98, 99 or more percentage for graduation. But at DC Everest, um, our work in the technical trades has really grown and inspired kids to go on um, in a variety of areas. And I think it's essential if our community is going to continue to grow, if we're going to have enough workers, if we're going to have that talent we need is we have to give kids exposure more than what their parents might have had or their parents know to what's possible. And and I think that's, um, you you know, my kids uh, who are all off at school right now, one is already um, out, but you know, one of my daughters is going, is got hired as an actuary. 
I didn't know much about being an actuary, but through her work um, in some of our AP classes, she had some contact. Um, I think of my son who's taken all of the IT. He's actually got a lot of transcripted credits. Moving into those fields, it gives kids better exposure to what these careers look like now and into the future. So I think yeah, that's it's essential. You've built several, uh, I would say, some somewhat type of centers of excellence that that really there you can pathway university easily. But then to the technical aspect, could you share some of those just those recent innovations that you have? Certainly. So all of our classes at DC Everest fit a pathway. So if a student looks at a class, they know um, where it fits. Um, and sometimes we want kids to take exploratory classes too, but we're really building what we call a portrait of a graduate. What are those skills and attributes we want kids to have before they graduate? And that would be a broad exposure to not only the coursework, obviously we want kids to be well-informed citizens. They have to be high level readers. They have to have high level of math, high levels of civic understanding. But we also want them to have exposure to what's available, like I said. So I think about um, our construction trades. I just heard that um, a candidate who is running for state superintendent was meeting with the construction trade union. And somebody from here said, oh, they were talking about DC Iverson, Milwaukee because of our program, where kids not only have opportunity to take transcripted classes, they build a house, and kids can go directly from our high school. Some go right into work, some go on to NTC, maybe finish at NTC, then finish you know, at a, another level. We have that in metals. We now have an entrepreneurial class where kids are running their own business, which is a cross between marketing business and metals technology. Um, we have it in the healthcare field. We have it in family and consumer ed. Um, we are opening a new culinary arts center, um, hopefully in the next six months, because we got a little bit ahead when we had um, schools closed. So mm. we're trying to provide that, whether that be engineering, agriculture, we're running our own hydroponics farm, which is also about um, industry 4.0, because our kids are monitoring all of those um, crops, trying to understand you know, how how often do we water? How, what do we need? Um, because they're actually supplying all of the lettuce and now strawberries and herbs for our food service program at DC Everest. That's tremendous. Uh, that just gives the listeners a little bit of uh, a glimpse as, and that's just a little bit. There's much more going on there. Um, we would probably take up an hour plus if we went into everything. Um, so let's, let's pivot a little bit. So about a year ago, almost a year ago, um, 11, 11 months ago, we went into a lockdown and the world changed around us. And so, you know, from an administrator standpoint uh, for COVID, what's, let's talk about that just briefly, if you would, about some of the things you went through immediately. But um, as you went through, what was your greatest challenge? So I think it's certainly been an interesting time. Um, and I think, you know, during during these storms or challenges, it's really where we separate ourselves. And I feel like, you know, our team has done anything and everything we can think of to help not only our kids, but our community. So I will never forget March 13th was the date we found out that we would be shutting down. Happens to be my birthday. So it's pretty easy to remember. And I think we all thought at first it was maybe gonna be a few weeks. Like how do we support 
people in this in-between time? How do we provide some constant for kids and, and staff and families? It, it's a scary time. Um, and initially we did that too with, um, you know, we brought all of the food banks together at DC Everest. We hosted a meeting like, how are we going to support people during this time? So we started with initially um, feeding not only our students, but feeding adults in the community. Um, and we were lucky one post on Facebook and we raised about $76,000. It's an incredible community where we live. But then really thinking like long range, how do we support needs? We were lucky, we are one-to-one -one district, meaning all kids had a device, K-12, probably the last five years already. But where do we have um, lacking broadband? It's an issue across Marathon County. You can have great broad uh, broadband when you live by the middle school. Do you cross J? Mm, it gets pretty sh pretty shaky, right? And mm -hmm. people can say, well, give, give your kids a, um, a device. It's not about giving them a hotspot. A hotspot has to connect to a tower, right? And if there's no tower to connect to, you just really get in that land. So really trying to be strategic on how to support people. We put extra Wi-Fi outside in a lot of our sites. We tried to um, open those to the community. And then even dealing with things like, how do we take care of people's social emotional um, wellness? Like what about rites of passage, graduating, right? So we built the multi-day outside drive-through. Um, it's interesting because what we thought was going to be a, a letdown for kids, and we also had a video, I'm already hearing as I meet with our senior high student council is kids want that instead um, because you know we made it very special. So it was all of those things, which at that time felt exhausting, but we, we ramp up into the summer, we think it's all gonna be over and know that actually the summer became a lot more work. Um, we as a team, and this took a while for me to get here, like safety of our students is always my number one focus, but how could we provide um, safe opportunities for people to have choice? And that's really where we went from the beginning to our board. Um, and we opened a 1000 kid um, virtual academy in six weeks. Um, those are usually things that take a year to two years. Is it perfect? Absolutely not, um, but it was a choice for families. We opened elementary every day of the week. People said it couldn't be done, it's done. And we're still hybrid secondary because um, people forget the numbers of students we have. Our high school alone is three grades and it's 13 to 1400 kids every year, sometimes 1500. That's bigger than most of our smaller surrounding communities. And then you got to remember they're packed in one place. So um, I just feel like we are continually trying to innovate. And when I use the word innovate, people think of it about being, I think, super unique things. Innovation is always about making things better from what you had. And so that is really what I've tried to focus with our team now. You know, we've innovated. Will we? What will we keep? What is better? What's not and moving into the future. What do you, you know, in terms of innovation, what do you see sticking? So we've done a lot of reflection. We've tried to capture that from teachers. I think our use of technology is, uh, I always felt we were one of the leaders, but it's much further ahead. We, we would have never talked about having this kind of event we're having today, right? Mm -hmm. We can ask people to meet. Um, Parents are telling me we've done all virtual teacher conferences. 
parents loved it. You didn't need daycare. They didn't have to leave work. They could pop on with a teacher. Um, we have built on Canvas, which is our learning management system. It's the same system that um, the technical college and UW system uses. Every course, we're building that out. That's a big lift in a short amount of time, but we even did it at elementary to have consistency. But in the future, if a student is sick, everything will be available at their fingertips. Um, if you have to be out for a long period of time, can we use a WebEx and invite you into the classroom? Um, I think there are so many things we have found um, and really focusing back on what's most important. The other thing is we have talked a lot. Um, obviously our bread and butter is education, but part of that education is that social emotional learning piece. You know, for our kids, this has been a tremendously difficult time. We as adults struggle with the isolation of it all, but remember back to being a teen. It can be the best of times, it can be the worst of times. And so how can we still provide those supports to our kids, our families um, during this really, really difficult time? Yeah, that's, you know, it, what's coming clear is um, your stature as a leader in terms of the human emotion and the commitment to the human being first and foremost, everybody, the, the, the student, the family, the community. Um, what, you know, when you, you, when you and I started talking here right before the podcast, I, I asked you if you were in session uh, in, because of Martin Luther King Jr.'s holiday the, today and celebrating an important uh, day in this country. And you said to me that you were not closing down schools, but you could do more for the student and thereby, I think, by, for the community. So could you just share with the audience your, your reasoning for why you're not closed, but you're there, you're open and serving the students? Please share that with me. Sure. You know, I, I said it's difficult. Any student who would want to be out, um, we certainly would support that. But I just really feel like our civic responsibility as a community is to support one another. And I think we have more opportunity to teach kids about those things when they're with us than hoping that they're going to read something or go to an event. Um, we actually did, a, I did an activity with our admin team at the beginning of our meeting um, this morning, because I think it's really important in this time, you know, everything seems to be politicized. And to me, I've always tried to be the person that builds consensus. I, there are people who have different opinions than me on my, whatever I may believe on the politics of it. But I really believe people want good things for the kids of this community. And we have advocated on behalf of our students, our parents, our neighbors, our elderly, our businesses. I think a community is only as great as we make it. And I'm really proud. Um, we have a group of students that have started an initiative called We Are One. Um, it's really high school kids coming around talking about issues because we are one DC Everest here. We're not DC Everest this group of people, DC Everest that group of people. And there's so much going on right now that could be overwhelming. Um, it's, it's overwhelming to me as an adult at times. 
But for our students, they have this one opportunity to live through their school experience. And so I think it's our, our job along with their parents, their community, their whatever church they might affiliate with to really grow and blossom to take care of their neighbor. Terrific. Well, um, that, that really gets to the end of our conversation today. I want to thank you for your time. But first, I brought an apple for you as an educator. <laughs> Hard to get it to you, obviously, but I just wanted to, uh, to share that with you. Um, something came up on my screen here. Not sure what. Oh, it was a notice. Um, but no, thank you for everything you do, for your leadership. Um, I I, at my position here at the chamber, I appreciate having known you as long as I and still learn from you um, because you are so present in our community. Um, my kids both went to Everest, had a very good experience, and they're very successful in their, in their academic pursuits right now. And then I attribute that to the excellent uh, K-12 education that they received. So thank you, Chris, for your time and keep up the good work that you do. Well, thank you. I you know, it's an honor to do this work. Um, not always easy, not always perfect, not always what people want. Um, but I do think um, we're all partners in this work. There are kids, it's our community. And so together we can make this a great place, maybe in spite of everything else. Yes. One more thing, quick thoughts. Your peer, my peer, colleague, Dr. Weyer's announcement in retirement. Reflect briefly if you could. I know a hard brief would be hard, but please. Certainly, what an amazing leader. I think so many of us have learned so much from, from her. And I think um, her vision is really the same things I was talking about today is really is what role could the technical college play in growing our community? She's always been an incredible listener to the businesses, um, an incredible listener to what students need and really elevating um, attending the technical college because it's that, it's a college. It, it really helps grow and inspire people to, to become the best they can at whatever it is they pursue. And I think our business community, our students and their families are so lucky that we had her come to this community and we'll be sad to see her go. But I also recommend or recognize that her legacy is that it's such a great place that's running, you know, so well that it can continue on. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, thanks for your time and for joining us at uh, this edition of Elevated Conversations. Thank you, everyone. This podcast episode is a production of the Greater Wausau Chamber of Commerce. 